What up, guys? Welcome back to The Degenerate Take with Des and Matt. Today we have Daniel Martin on the show. He's a fellow rugby member, scrum half of the year. You will not find a better one, I promise you. And today we're going to talk about some politics again. So, Danny, why don't you get us started and tell us how you're feeling? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, glad to be, glad to come out here uh, with you guys. I Happy to have you. Um, I think uh, this will be interesting brought on here because I probably have, I probably am a couple steps to the right of both of you guys. Sure. Um, It'll be be interested to see because I, my background I think is a little bit different is where I I grew up, you know suburban Atlanta very very conservative upbringing, um, and it, you know if you'd asked me at, at sixteen, you know where my views were it's like you know down ballot Republican, uh, and today I mean a lot's changed since I was sixteen you know that that's like twenty fifteen or whatever sure. Um, yeah, stuff's changed. I I think we'll So so you were a down ballot Republican until about what when you got to college, got to high school, when did that start to change? Um I mean like my my senior year um of high school, I would say, you know, I was I was kind of like, you know, like like both parties have points. Like sure. I'm I'm always I'm going to lean to the right on most of these issues, but like I'm not going to, you know, I'm not a I'm not a fanboy for either party really. Um will you explain real fast what a down ballot you know, party is? I mean, just people who, like, I mean, paying attention to local elections, I think, is really important to me. Sure. But, like, a down ballot is just, like, I'm looking for R, or I'm looking for D, and I'm just check, check, mm-hmm. check, and just sending it, it in. It doesn't matter who it is. Like, it's the party. And yeah. And that's, that's the ones you uh, yeah. you vote for? Yeah. Interesting. So you got to college. Like, you said you said it started to shift in high school. And you got to college, which... Well, I was a, I was a diehard libertarian in high school. So, like, you know, oh, full, man. like... Like income tax is like immoral, and like we should just <laughs> get give rid of all that shit. Yeah, um, libertarian is just a casual man's anarchist, right? Yeah, like basically. Everybody do whatever you want, but like I'm not gonna fight you, right? right. Like, kind of. Sounds like a cult. I mean, it's 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 the it's the same thing. It's the same thing as like a 16 year old in high school like reading communist theory and be like, we can implement this like very easily. So is it is it idealistic versus realistic to be a libertarian? Yeah, I mean, libertarian is a very, like, it's a child's ideology. Okay. Like, I mean, it's it's something that I still identify with, and I think, it, like, the principles are something I very much identify with. But, yeah, I mean, if if you, like, you're, the, the powers that be are always going to seek more power, and sure. you can't, like, I think we have to work around that probably more than, than um, just think that we can all get along. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think I think I've always kind of thought of libertarians like when they grow up to be their full political selves, uh, they probably more times than not lean very left socially, and then they're somewhere in the middle, but probably right leaning, you know, fiscally. Right. Like with money, because mm-hmm. with money, that's a different story. You grow up and you realize money's a little bit more important than you once thought in high school, because you actually start having to pay for things. But you still have the attitude of like, yeah, you guys can do whatever you want. Like, I don't really care type thing. That's kind of how I grew up in high school a little bit, a little bit on that side. And that's kind of who I've kind of come into. And I've seen a couple of other friends kind of take that path. Do you think you would kind of put yourself in that same camp or no? Yeah. I mean, I would say I was, I was fairly like left leaning socially. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as far as I, as far as I like have taken the time to read about what's important. Um, But yeah, I mean, I was... I would still consider myself fiscally conservative, but if, if that, you know, if you're a Republican, you know, if you were looking at what Republicans were saying when they weren't in power, it's like, oh yeah, like they want to, they want to, you know, you know, we're going to reduce the national debt and we're going to, you know, be responsible. 
And then, obviously, Republicans get into power, and, you know, I get, oh, oh, they didn't mean any of that. Oh, and right, then, yeah. and so then at that point, you're like, well, well what do I agree with them on then? And it kind of sucks. It's like, I want to, like, I want to, like, this is, this is my, my childhood. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I have a lot of attachment to it. And it's like, well, I just, there's just not a whole lot to agree with there. So do libertarians typically end up voting red? Um... In in America, I mean the the American like libertarian movement was basically like it was a split off of the Republican Party, and sure. you had like Ron Paul and and Rand Paul, where they were they were Republicans, but they were like the libertarian wing, and it kind of sucks because what that's really devolved into is just like libertarian rhetoric. But you're still, I mean, you're still a fucking Republican. Okay. Like, okay. So <laughs> what what is it like? Um, to be a libertarian among, you know, other people that are Republican living in Georgia? Is it, is it do you feel like a little bit of an outcast or is it like, oh, you're a libertarian, well, I you're think one you of said us? You were a libertarian in high school. Is that yeah, I mean, that's, are? I think, I feel like libertarian is like the default, like middle class standpoint. Sure. You know, like it's, it's very, like you said, it's very easy to be like, oh, yeah, like, like social issues are cool. And then, but you're still like, you're still fiscally conservative and you can you can kind of shy away from the more um i guess spendy you know left-leaning positions um but yeah i mean i'm now where traditionally libertarians would fall in line with republicans um economically the past four years obviously we've taken on a much more like nationalistic uh Mm -hmm. kind of monetary policy Lots of tariffs, uh, very very aggressive Trade like war. Federal Reserve yep. funds. Um, Extremely keeping, aggressive. Keeping interest rates low, dude. That's that scares the shit out of me. Well, it kind of sets the economic yeah. outlook for the country up for failure. You know, once those interest rates start starts to rise. That's it's and and it's so. I mean, it's it's bipartisan, mm-hmm. but it's so ridiculously evil to keep interest rates that low for that long and just the fact that nobody's educated on it and really like if you ask the average person like oh like what do interest rates do they're like, I, like, what, I don't what know. You, do you can you explain what interest um, rates are a so bit? basically when the when the fed comes out and they they issue an interest rate and they'll say okay like your interest rate's going to be three percent that's generally like what your savings account or what all what all loans are sure. going to earn um, so if you put in a, you know, if you're, if you have a hundred thousand dollars in your savings account at 3%, that interest rate's going to, you know, you're going to earn $3,000 every year if it's just sitting there. So when they lower interest rates, most people think, oh, like that's good. Like I can go and get a, like a lower car loan. Sure. That's really not why they're doing it. Um, it's really just to spur investment. Okay. So your money's not making $3,000 in the bank anymore. It's making... So people have to spend it. They have to invest it. Yeah. So to make that money. what that really means is if, you, if you're if you middle class, you make eighty hundred thousand 100000 a year, and you have the knowledge and the, the means to go and invest in a 401k or in a stock portfolio, you can beat interest and you can beat the inflation that that lower interest is going to cause. Sure. Um, you know, decreasing spending power. The middle class is now beating that, but if you're living paycheck to paycheck or you are not are not as educated say about you know knowing how to invest in you know in stocks or whatever then you're sol you're yeah, there's you're, actually a huge proportion of americans that either live paycheck to paycheck or don't even have up to a thousand dollars in savings right so they're they're the ones in this position right and it's right. all and so you're just your spending power is slowly being wiped your your savings are being and it's at the expense of 
all of all of that is going into basically Fortune 500 companies. Yeah, and it's like when I when I really start understanding that, it's like like we need to burn this entire fucking system. You know, like it's just it's terrifying, um, and people really, I mean that's that's the stuff that's really important. I think. Sure, sure. Well, that that impacts everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Not not libertarians, not Republicans, not Democrats. Like everybody, everybody's impacted by that. Yeah. So, question for you, and I know I said I wouldn't ask you this, but I'm genuinely curious. What is it like? Because like if if you tell somebody you're a libertarian, right, they're automatically going to assume Republican. That's yeah. that's like where they're going to line you up in the spectrum. What is it like being a Republican in 2020? Or what 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 is that? It, can you imagine that? I mean, we're in a. What is that like for the average Republican? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's too much different than than being a Democrat, to be honest. I mean, okay. if you're uh, Republicans have built, uh, conservatives have really built themselves up as kind of this embattled group where, you know, they'll talk a lot about the mainstream media and how everybody's against them, and there and there is something to that. I mean the. I mean, fake, are, fake news. There is fake news. And, I mean, the media is is definitely biased. Most absolutely. journal, yeah, most journalists are left leaning. But I mean, as far as like socially, like, I mean, this is a fairly this is a fairly liberal campus, and I've never I've never had a problem. You with never it. had a problem. I mean, no. there's a problem with, I guess, embarrassed Republicans calling sure. themselves libertarians, and uh, so that's I guess that's where that that name kind of comes from. But I mean, I don't know. The, like libertarian ideology, I don't think is beholden to either side at this point. Cool, cool. Yeah, and I don't necessarily think it's been tough for Republicans. I think it's tough for Trump supporters. And the downfall of being a Republican today is probably being chalked up that you're a Trump supporter. Yeah, I think well, that, we, that's where I was going with this well, question. I mean, we, we clearly know Thank that you for not all <laughs> not all Republicans are Trump supporters. There's been yeah. clear. Republican opposition to Trump all four years. I mean, you even saw it that there were some uh, electoral, college, electoral college officials during the 2016 election after the fact, they said they weren't going to vote for Trump even though they were voted in by the people of the state to vote for Trump. They're like, we're not going to do it. Yeah. You know, like, we can't do it, like, morally. So I think it's only because of a result of Donald Trump that Republicans were even embattled at all. And since everybody just hated this one guy so much, it makes you love him even more. Because it's sure. like, I don't really like this guy. He's kind of an asshole. But he's fun to watch. I watched him for like 20 years on TV. I've seen him on WWE. And he's just like, he's just like giving it to all these people that I wanted to tell like, you're an asshole to for 20 years. Because they're always lying about everything. And now he's finally calling them out. Yeah. I'm going to get behind this guy. He but, tapped in. He tapped into, I think... The rage and kind of the neglect, I think, of, like, middle America and working-class America that I think probably, like, East Coast elites have really, really looked down on. I mean, that's that's why I think Democrats lose all the time is they, you know, they continue to, you know, they call, like, if you're in Iowa and you voted for Trump, like, you know, you're all just racist and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're bigoted and you're uneducated and if you guys would just be more like us, then the world would be a better place. Um, and so, you know, you had... People like Romney, people like John McCain, that are respected politicians, but they they don't give a shit about, or you know their their platforms doesn't really doesn't really target those type of people. It doesn't speak to them, right? And you have um, so you have what what I think and why, I think people. I, I there's a difference I think between conservatives and the Republican Party, as far as like, why, 
I think Trump was able to tap into kind of this this rage that had been coming up for twenty years. I think I think it's I think it's probably like forty years in the making. If you if you look back, like coming out of like going into the eighties, where we had a very much an industrial type economy. Sure. Everybody, everybody, you know, a large amount of people worked in steel mills or they worked in manufacturing and it was very much hands-on and there were all these towns and, you know, car industry, you know, our car industry was huge. And that began to shift in the 80s. There was a lot of chaos to more of where Wall Street ran things more. Uh, the country was run by stockbrokers. And so you have these towns that are just, that are beginning to shrink. The factories closed down. They move to other countries. We, our economy evolved. It requires more education now to get into your to get into our economy and to make good money than it did forty years ago, um, and if you were if you were talking to a Republican or a Libertarian, thirty forty years ago they would say, well those those people naturally the free the free market will take care of them and they'll naturally reintegrate into the workforce, and that's just not true. If you're if you're forty with two kids and your factory closes down, like what are you you're gonna go to college? You're, you're fucked. Yeah, you're screwed, and. I mean, what have what have we done? What have we done for them in the past forty years? We didn't do shit. We didn't care about them. Um, on, on top of that, I mean, I think with with China, I mean, um, normalizing trade relations in the '90s, where it, it was a big deal under Clinton to kind of bring China into the fold. We signed, you know, the, the TPP at the time. We were trying to get China to come to the table, open their economy up a little bit, kind of back off on the communist rhetoric, and. And really let us let us invest in their economy and let us benefit from their like manufacturing boom, and that that hurt industrial economy a lot. Um, yeah, that hurt Middle America a lot too. Continued to hurt them. And we've, I mean, we've dumped, I mean, we've we've kept our our steel industry up for like forty years. We've done. I mean, we've tried to dump subsidies into it, but that doesn't do anything. Um, not long term. I mean, on top of that, so you, so you have you have that you have this like economic like disconnect and kind of tension. And I think on top of that, there's like a generational gap where if you were, you know, like, like maybe your dad or like my dad, where he grew up hearing from his dad about like him getting to start a family in the fifties and this big subsidized economy, post-war boon. And like, it's just great to be an American and it's, everything's cheap. You can just buy shit. Americans are unified. It's all one, you know, there's very much a unified culture. And that's what, that was the America that you grew up hearing about. And now your kids grew up very cynical. A lot of the things that your that your dad has they don't have anymore. Um education's a lot less subsidized, housing much less subsidized. It's harder to break into the world. And so your your kids are less materialistic. Um kids are obviously like less religious on average as well. So there's this there's this social divide too. And I think um maybe I mean the boomers are like people fifty to sixty. I feel like they're maybe found themselves out of place a little bit in their own world. And this country that they grew up loving is maybe leaving them behind a little bit, leaving them behind with their job, leaving them behind with their with their uh, their culture. And in comes Trump. He goes, hey, the, you know, all those all those jobs that have gone away from you. It's the it's the fucking Mexicans fault and it's China's fault. And I can fix it. It's going to be easy. One trade war. And I'm going to bring them all back. Jobs are all going to come back. And, and, you know, that that America that you grew up about hearing about, I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to make, make America. Make great. America great I'm going to make America great again. It's it's fucking brilliant. And of, of course, of course, he got elected. Of course, they voted for him. He was running against oh, what was Hillary Clinton. What was her? What was her? What was her campaign slogan again? I don't know. What was her platform? So I mean, yeah. I, so that's when you when people want to dismiss conservatives as like you're just you're just racist, or you just you know you're like it's it's not that simple. 
with all that said, I mean, I, I think the Republican Party, like, at its core, I think is evil. Sure. Would you like, say that about the Democratic Party, too, though? Um... Because you could say the Republican Party is evil, but you could also say that the Democratic Party only cares about the rich, which is also. I mean, yeah, I mean, at, at their evil. at their core, I mean, who they, I mean, who they, I mean, we had protests for police brutality over the summer, and yep. who who did we elect? Joe uh, Biden. Yeah, the the crime, the, the crime bill and the fucking California DA, like yeah. that that shows that shows where their interests are at. But at least like, I feel like, and this is probably biased, but like if you're if you're a politician who is truly trying to get into politics to make the world a better place, I just feel like the odds are better that you're going to be a Democrat. Like, sure. Like, I don't, do, do you disagree? I definitely no. think the Democrats <laughs> have marketed them, themselves as to be like, we're the hard Progressive. Felt, we're the moral. felt, you know, we care about you no matter who you are party. And I think my problems with the DNC especially, but also the Democratic Party, is that you've built such a platform to be the caring, we care about you, we're going to work for you type party for minorities, for everybody, for your immigrants, everybody coming in, right? Mm -hmm. However, we saw that the only demographic that went down for Trump voters in the 2020 election was white suburbia. Minorities win just as hard, if not harder, for Trump. So, clearly, minorities are starting to get fed up with the fact that Democrats have locked up their vote, and they don't have to do anything to earn it anymore. I think I probably said it on the last podcast that we did with Sam, but I want people to kind of mark it that their vote is more for sale these days, and how you buy it is like, you know, doing some shit for me. Like, why don't you help out my community? Why don't you help out my tax bracket a little bit? So... For me, I think Democrats have kind of painted themselves into a corner, so to speak, that they will always ride for the minorities, the undervalued, the underspoken, but then they don't. So I think that's kind of the problem that people are having with the Democratic side is because we just got a guy for four years who, by the way, did nothing but nonstop lie to us, but he always made it sound like he was telling the truth and that he believed in what he was talking Sleepy about. Sleepy Joe, baby. Not Sleepy Joe. No, I know I'm just saying we got Sleepy Joe now. We got Sleepy Joe, but every other politician that we've ever heard of, you know, you always hear the the age-old thing that politicians always lie, and they're going to lie to get in office. And I think people finally found, like, a respite for what they thought was a guy who didn't lie to them, and then it turns out that he does. But I think maybe we're starting to lean towards a time where Democrats might be starting to be called out for their hypocrisy sure. with what they actually do for the communities that they so claim to protect. You know how I see the Democratic Party? How's that? You know, like, when you go to a sports match and, like, you always got that one kid on the sideline who never gets in the game but is always talking <laughs> shit, dude. Always talking. Always talking shit. I yeah. feel like the Democratic Party loves to talk and never takes action. Or yeah. not enough action, at the least. And people are starting to wake up to that. I think that this election was the result of, like, the majority of people are like, okay, we need a change in office. Like, that's what, that's what the result of this election was. Because you ask the majority of Democrats, they don't like Joe Biden. Like, he, he wasn't their choice. The, but you had to get Trump out. So yeah. now it's up to the Democrats to really keep their word. The shit they pulled in the primaries was... Ridiculous. Insane. Yeah. Insane. Ridiculous. And by the way, I was I was kind of a Bernie bro, if I'm going to be honest. I was like, okay, I'm not high-fiving over that. 
I guess I'm about You're to You're not shit. getting it from me either. I got my own, baby. I'm about, to, I'm about to shit on Bernie pretty hard. The dude, thing, how do you shit on Bernie? Because he went out like a bitch, dude. He's the homie. Like three or four different people dropped out on what was it called? Super there was Tuesday. nothing he could do about it. Yeah, but he dropped out and then said nothing about it. Call him out. Your whole thing is that you've been fighting for like 110 years or however the fuck he's old you He's not a dinosaur, are. dude. He's, he's like 82 or something. And he's been fighting for the exact same thing that entire time, right? So then you get the one chance where you clearly have the best chance to become president. Sure. Now you're a little bit more left-leaning than we would like, but anything's better than this guy over here, so we may not be able to go with you. We need someone a little bit more moderate to appease the right so this guy can get out of office and we can put this other guy in. But then he says nothing about it. Like four or five different people drop out on that Super Tuesday so that Joe Biden is like the only guy left for when it comes time for nominee time. And he says nothing about it. You're not going to call out your own party and say, hey, they're making me drop out so that we can get this one guy out of office, but I don't really want to get out. You're going to yeah. put it up on COVID-19. You, you, lot you, of... can't, you can't put it up on COVID-19. you got to still campaign regardless, no matter what's happening. If there's a war going on, you still campaign. You don't do it if it's just COVID-19. We saw Joe Biden campaign. We saw all the senators in every fucking state campaign. We saw Trump campaign. Why can't this one guy who claims to care about us more than anything call out the one time he gets fucked over by his party and then we can still rally around him? I think Bernie understood that he wasn't going to be Trump. And I think Bernie... Well, no, not really. Because the reason Joe Biden won is because he was able to poll the moderates that weren't really sure. And that's why he was able to get the majority of the electorate. Or else the Bernie bros, even though there's a... There's a lot of them, you know, myself included, but Bernie wasn't going to win the moderate right. He wasn't going to win the moderates, and he definitely had a chance of losing some moderate lefts. So there's a lot of of union workers in Michigan and Pennsylvania. You saw saw how close those races are. And like we see with the Electoral College that it doesn't matter what California, New York, and Texas vote because they're always going to be the same color. The presidential race comes down to a handful of states. Like in this case, it was... Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, Arizona. And if Bernie had to run for those, he probably wouldn't have won a single one. Maybe. Be that as it may. He went out like a bitch. Didn't, well, he, s- he didn't say a single thing about what was happening to he him. He probably understood that... I don't, the, give, a his, shit. His I don't give a shit what you understand. Running, Call it out. But his reason for running was because he fundamentally felt... Not that he knew, because nothing we can say that somebody's opinion is factual. But he felt that Trump was the worst possible candidate to get reelected. And no matter who it was, it had to be somebody besides Trump. So if that was Joe Biden, I think he understood that Joe Biden had a much better chance of winning the presidential election than he did. So you can't say anything? Not that he can't say anything, but if he does, that hurts hurts Joe Biden's chances of winning. Super Tuesday was what? When was this? When, When was Joe Biden elected the nominee? Do you remember? Does like, anybody remember? Like middle June, I feel. Or no, it was earlier than that. It was like was early June. That. It was like almost like April-ish, if I remember right. Okay. It's a month early in, summer-ish. It's a yeah. month into COVID, right? Call it out when it happens. Election's not till November. You don't think you can smooth over that PR in the months that you have up until November? Just call and be like, hey, guys, apparently they're telling me I'm not the guy to win all this. But let's be clear, I still care about you guys. I'm still going to campaign out my ass to make sure that this still happens. But I got fucked over right here. DNC, you're wrong for that. How do you feel about this, Danny? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've, 
I feel the way I feel about Bernie. I mean, he's he spent what thirty years in the Senate. Long time. Long time. Yeah. And and there's there's kind of two ways you can go about being a senator. Um, Johnny Isaacson had a quote. Uh, he said, "There's there's no limit to what you can do in politics if you're willing to let the other guys take the credit." Um, and Johnny Isaacson was known for getting a lot of bipartisan stuff done. Oh sure, uh, <laughs> it sounds like a compromising kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, that's that's what Georgia Republicans like traditionally were. Sure. Um, and or you you know you have somebody like Bernie who's going to be very loud and very vocal, and they're they're going to stick to their guns and what they believe, and they're going to right, and you're never going to get shit done. Yeah, and so. I don't know. Maybe, maybe if you if you take a more bipartisan approach, if he wasn't so arrogant, maybe is not quite the quite the right word, but maybe like like radical. He he was considered a socialist. Yeah, or he he is considered yeah. a socialist. Um, which to me, I think he probably employed the same strategy that Trump did. This is my platform. I'm fighting for this until the day I die, type thing. But you can't win over. He also people. had a heart attack. He like he almost him. died, you know. He yeah. he almost wiped. He almost kept that promise. But the thing is, is that you can't preach absolutes when the absolute is love, because no one's ever going to just accept the fact that we need to pay for everything for everybody. Everybody's going to have a great life. This is the way it needs to be. I'm dying on this hill. People just aren't going to agree with that. When in and the other side of the aisle, when you're like, hey, it's us first. We're on top of the hill. We're staying on top of the hill. I'm doing what I need to do to stay on top of the hill, and you guys are coming yeah. along with me. That's a lot easier to take that stand on and have people support that. But taking the absolute stand that everybody needs to help everybody, no one wants to listen to that. No one, no one's going to support that. Max, but, what, yeah, what do you, you got to say about that? I mean, morally, realistically, you're right. Not everybody is for everybody. We've seen in this country, especially right now, Everybody is definitely not for everybody. That's the case right now. The whole point that Bernie, you know, tries to convey is that that is something we should strive for. And I think he has conveyed that that his entire time in politics. You know, you can see what Bernie was doing 30, 40 years ago, and he was marching in the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, the only white person doing it. And, like, he, he has just shown... I don't know if you can claim he's the only white well, person he, doing it. Okay, that was an exaggeration. He, he was one of probably very few white people marching in the civil rights movement back in the 60s. Um, but he has shown through his actions that he is for what he stands for. No, yeah, I don't, I don't doubt for a and, second but, that he believes what he stands for. Realistically, his principles, even though we see that a lot of his principles do work in other countries, it doesn't work here because 50% of the country doesn't want it. And when 50% of the country doesn't want it, it's not going to work. You can yeah. implement it and it still won't work because well, 50% of the country doesn't want it. Yeah, if he, well, I mean, if he put in, feel, I feel like the, the I mean, his, his big thing is, hold up, what are you doing? Oh, no. Did you just stop recording, you little bitch? I'm going to check that out. I'm going to check that out. We'll take a quick break. Desmond? Three, two, one. Nice. So, I think I want to pivot the conversation a little bit from what we've been talking about. We got on Bernie for a while. I'm not really sure how that happened. But I do want to talk about you again. And I kind of want to focus more on your transition from being, you know, straight up Republican to more where you are today. 
how that kind of came to be and where you think you kind of fell in today's culture like what would what would people paint you as and what would they call you if you laid out all your views in front of them um <laughs> probably a contrarian what Honestly, is that? Yeah. <laughs> means when i means when i go home i'm the liberal and when i come in here i'm the conservative you know interesting that's that's generally how that goes um i mean just because i don't know i it like i said i took the when i take the the political quizzes it's like it's still it's like it's like 75 percent ish like libertarian but it's it's also like i think it's like 65 percent like green party socialist like there's i think there's more overlap there than people would think at the first i think like I mean, that's what people say is like a libertarian socialist rhetoric instead of like a left-right debate, I think will be a lot more productive just because we'll, we can, we can agree very much on the problems that need to be solved. Mm -hmm. Like Max, I could sit down and talk about how much like corporate America has fucked over healthcare. Sure. We'll, we'll argue all day about how we solve it. But like the, I think the, I think the issues are there more instead of like left, right, like there's a whole culture factor and there's like a, there's just talking over people a lot of times where like the issues that are important to, I mean, what's basically rural America and the issues that are important to urban America are just, they're just not the same. And I think that's where, that's where a lot of the disconnect comes from. Is like, if you're like, if you, if you grew up in New York, like you're, you're not going to have the same values as someone who grew up in Oconee County. Like you're just not. Right. Um, like gun ownership is just like a foreign, like it's just a foreign thing. Yeah. We don't, we don't fuck with guns in New York. Not like the, yeah. We'd be fucking with some guns down here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, really I, would, do. I would say. Let me go get my AR-15 out of the closet, bro. Bro, we gotta hunt hogs. What do you oh want us to do? Dude, I went down to Cochran one time, and Desmond's like, let me show you what country means. <laughs> and we go over to his friend's house, bro, and we're, yeah. we're, we're having a good time, whatnot, and this is a huge sidetrack, but, like, I, I have to tell this story. And I'm like, I'm like this guy from, like, suburbia New York. I was like, what, what the fuck are we doing? His friend gets us in his, like, yee truck. We get all the way out to this lake picked up some cornmeal from a silo. I'd never been to a fucking silo before. I didn't know how they, I didn't know how they work. Um, so we picked up some cornmeal, get on this like little rinky dink boat, like paddle out in the middle of a lake and start, just start throwing cornmeal molasses into the fucking By pond. The way, very highly illegal. That we're, okay. Oh yeah, we were trespassing it too. Was, we were not supposed to. <laughs> it was, it was like a very rainy time of year and this particular like grotto fills up with water about four or five months out of the year. But then, during the summer, or in, especially around deer hunting season, it's completely dry. And mm. all the deer want to come out there and eat there because poachers... Did I just confess to a crime? Yeah, you're, uh, you're, you're hunting on corn. You know, he's, That's, yeah. he's definitely <laughs> joking. Like a, like a salt lick, yeah. But the thing is, is like we're out there baiting it, and he's never... It's like raining outside. He's never... He doesn't know what this stuff is. It's molasses and cornmeal. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is molasses? <laughs> I didn't even know what that was. We're literally taking the... The boat oars, putting it in molasses, and then driving around the lake yeah. it so that the molasses gets turned up into the water. Very highly illegal what we did. Super fun. And that's not even to mention on the way either out there or back, uh, my friend is on the phone with a girl, and he's just talking to her country out of his mind, right? Super hick. And all of a sudden just pulls off on the side of the road on this little dirt road right there. He throws on his brights, and he hops out of the car, and suddenly he has a rifle in Dude, his he, hand. Dude, he yells to me. I'm in the backseat. Matt's handing me my rifle. I was like, 
nobody's ever said that to me in my life before. And I looked to my side, and there's like six guns there. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't know which one of these is a rifle. He's like, hand me the rifle. So I just choose one, and I hand it to him. I don't know if it was even the right gun, you but he just chose takes the it. Right one. Yeah, I, I picked the right one out of six. I had a one set shot. I guess I'm lucky. Well, I mean, or whatever. your other options were like pistols and a shotgun. So, like, the one thing that could be a rifle. Like, yeah, I kind of looked at him. I'm like, huh, this one looks right. And I, <laughs> and I handed him. He opens his door, gets up on, like, the truck tire, puts it over the door. Just, what did he take, two shots? He took exactly one shot. He took and one he shot. downed a coyote. What, what was it he, he was shooting? A, a coyote. coyote. No, what was the rifle he was shooting? Uh, it looked to be, like, a, a three oh eight, probably. Okay. Like, it wasn't, like, the biggest gun I had ever seen, but it was certainly... I don't know why this thing is in this car right now. Three, 308 yeah, is dude, excessive I'm, to just be riding around I'm in the back sitting, of the truck. I'm sitting in the back of the truck like, what the fuck is this guy off-road on? <laughs> like, did he yeah. just kill somebody? Like, what just happened? <laughs> and we start driving around trying to find the coyote he shot, and, he, and we finally found it. And he gets out of the car, like, looks at it. It's like a bloody mess. Like, he, he piped this thing. I, the guy's a good shot, apparently. Um... I mean, that's all he and what, what did you you, right? you shot the coyote? Yeah, you're like he's like Matt. Do you want to shoot it? Or he he asked either Des or I. Do you want to shoot it? And I was like, uh, like I didn't even know how to answer that. And Des yeah. like let me let me let me do it. So Des just takes a pistol, and just like overkill. <laughs> like okay. like you just I shot it once and I shot it. Well, the thing was the dead already. Just to make sure. Yeah, and but, he he goes to me. You want to take a picture with it? And like I'm a fisherman, so like. I'm used to, like, taking pictures with fish that I catch and shit. And I just, like, I go to pit this thing up, blood all over the place. And it was funny because I start, I held it out like a fish. So, you know how, like, you hold a fish? <laughs> yeah. Like, you're not supposed to hold a fucking animal like like you hold a fish. Like, you're just supposed to pick up a coyote. And I'm holding out like a fish. <laughs> and I just, like, I take a picture with this coyote that, like, this guy I just met just shot. And then, like, my best friend just put one in there to be sure. Yeah, and, like, I mean, the, the whole time running through my head was, like, I need to get back to New York. This is fucking terrifying. <laughs> Don't those things have rabies and shit, too? Like, yeah. I would not Usually touch wasn't, a coyote. Wasn't, wasn't the best decision you, so, I so you're not a hunter, so you don't know, but when you kill something, you usually pick it up by the scruff of the neck or the antlers. If it's yeah, you, you antlers, said something you like that like to me. you just, like, hold up its head, and then you, like... Yeah, you said something like that to me but my dumb ass pitched up like right by right by the place it gets shot and by it's like tail and hold it out like a fish with like this huge ass smile on my face I'm like look guys look what I did it's like, I'm, oh going, my I'm God. in Georgia now yeah look, look at me dude look at me mama that's I mean so you, you kind of got a taste of like like yeah. why why yeah, that's that is that is one distinctly different yeah from anything I, and I'm and I'm telling you if 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 Democrats would just calm the fuck down on gun control. <laughs> like literally, if they would do that, I think they would they would sweep. Because that that's there are, there are a lot of Republicans who are like, ah, like you know, like I don't really care either way. Like my taxes aren't really going to change. But if they take my you know if they take my AR, we're gonna have a problem. Yeah. And so they're just they're just scared and like, well, like I guess I'm voting for fucking Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he he has made it very clear like they'll take your Second Amendment rights yeah. away. You know like. And Trump's not. I mean, Trump's not pro Second Amendment. Trump actually did more. I mean, gun stuff than Obama, than Obama right? did. Yeah. All Obama wanted to do was just create a gun registry. I mean, all he wanted to do. I mean, that's that's a that's a big that's a big deal. Yeah, that's an accomplishment for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, Trump is just like, yeah, like we're just not going to have bump stocks anymore, which is fine. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, people, like I'm very pro gun. Like, have whatever guns you want, but let's also not lose our minds. 
we're not outfitting a military, right? Like, yeah. if you have an AR-15 for hog hunting, great. Is it a fully automatic AR-15? Well, that's a bit of a problem. Do you guys yeah, want to hear the other side the... of that story, or do you want to continue to, like, delve into Danny's transformation in politics? I want to... Uh, I, I could talk about guns for a minute, because that's another, like... I've thought, again, with as much as my views have shifted, like, guns have been, like, that's something I've thought about a lot, and I've done a lot of research into, and, like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it, it, we, you've, we've like wanted to talk about guns a couple times. I'm mean, like, mm-hmm. Max is not. The well, time. yeah. Every time Max, it's like, hey, Danny, you want to have that conversation? One of us will be like, no, like no, not right now. <laughs> it's just not the time. Yeah. So lean into it. What do you think? Um, I mean, the, I mean, the big thing is the the assault weapons ban, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the hot, the hot topic, and I I just think like, in in my opinion, the 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 risk outweighs the reward going not even going into like like my moral belief that like it is it is like morally necessary for us to have you know to have assault rifles which like we're not going to agree on but just like um if you want to stop gun violence assault rifle is like banning assault rifles isn't going to do anything um how do you stop it um honestly man i would i mean i would like we've been a this is not this is not backed up by anything but like America's the only country we've been at war for pretty much constantly for like 70 years man and a lot of those and a lot of those people are coming back and it's and it's led to a lot of like fetishizing fetish fetishizing the mil, like the military sure and that's where you have like like the the people going and shooting and they're all decked out and they're they're you know, stupid fucking vests and their, you know, yeah, their no, stuff. No, no, and like, military, man. Yeah, well, but they're like, they're like wannabes. They're like, yeah. I, the police academy wouldn't take me, so I'm going to go buy all this shit and like, go for yeah, you know, go to watch. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go start a militia or whatever. Um, and I think those people are coming back from war. The country feels war, even if we, you know, even if we don't realize it, like, we feel that. Um, and on, on top of that, like, our, like, mental health is always going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very culturally divided. Like, think that plays into it. But I mean, if like the the very first mass shooting we have we had, it wasn't. We've had automatic pistols since I mean the early nineteen hundreds. Sure. And it was never an issue. I mean, we had we had bank robberies was the big deal in like the thirties, and they banned automatic weapons. But we didn't have somebody just like I'm just going to go out and just waste people until after World War Two and into the Korean War. We had a Korean War vet. The very first thing it was actually done. It was the very first mass shooting was done with a pistol, and the guy it was like a, I think it was like a nineteen eleven, yeah. And the guy went out and he shot a bunch of people, and that's kind of when the the modern like mass shooter thing happened. Um, our biggest, I mean, I mean, our our two biggest mass killings that we've had in America have been an arson and a and a car like a car bombing, where you so, I mean, you you look in France. France is like France in the past couple of weeks has had a lot of like mass attacks as well. I don't and when you look at the amount of damage that uh, assault weapons do proportion to the amount of gun violence, you know, half of gun violence is suicides of the, of the guys that aren't suicides. Most of them are done with handguns of the ones that the, like the, like 80% are done with handguns. And then of the ones that are done with rifles, most of them are accidents. Most of them are, you know, then you have like the portion that's defense wise. And then you have the little bit that's mass shootings. And I, and I don't want to diminish, mass shoot because like because like one mass shooting is too much and you don't want to like you don't want to just boil it down to like a statistic because like there's no like statistically acceptable amount of mass shootings but like if you if you go and ban 
assault rifles. And you say, okay, and not even going into having to go and confiscate the 300 million unregistered ARs like, that you're not going to be able to do. Is there that many? There's, there's I think, Jesus. 500 million, uh, like around 400, 500 million assault rifles in America, most of them which aren't registered. It would create a new. It would create a new drug war. Yeah, that's obscene. Yeah, it would. It would basically you'd have like a, a DEA type thing that would just go, and I mean fuck up constitutional rights even more and, than they would have. And even to speak to it, just to give some clarification to Max, he has no background on guns. But even in the state of Georgia, if you have a gun and it does not leave your home or your personal vehicle, you don't have to register it. It's completely legal. A cop, a cop could pull you over with an unregistered gun in your car. And if it's yours, he's like, uh, do you have a weapon in the car? You're like, yes, sir, it's my gun. He's like, do you have the registration for it? You're like, no, sir, it's unregistered. It says my car or my home. He's not going to talk to you about it again. He might treat you a little bit differently because now there's a gun in the car and that, that's a whole different a whole conversation thing. for a different day. But you're not getting in legal trouble over it. Yeah. So as soon as you start carrying it on your hip, they have to have an open carry permit. It has to be registered. Or if you want to conceal carry it, like under your shirt, like put in the back of your pants underneath your shirt that's a specific type of permit but if it's just in your house or in your car yeah who gives a shit so that's like when a, when obama was like yeah we're we're gonna register all guns so it was like a like fuck no you're not going to like there are people in your wing that want to take all guns like no we're not going to tell you like we're not going to tell you where they all are um so that, i think that's where most of the pushback came from but but yeah i i think like if it, it, even if you know going into the the nightmare that would be an assault weapons ban, I think, for this country. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would solve anything. I, I, don't, I really don't. I mean, you've listened. I want to know what you think about it. Well, I want to bring up one point that I think anybody on the opposing viewpoint would immediately bring up, and that's the topic of school shootings. And school shootings are mostly done with assault, assault weapons or fully automatic weapons at, that we've seen, right? When have we seen a, like a, an attack Wait. with a full auto? Uh, Columbine. Hmm. They had, um, I believe they had Uzis in Columbine. <laughs> they had what? I think one of them had a shotgun, and the other one had, like, a handheld, like, submachine gun pistol-looking thing, something like that. I clearly remember that one picture from the security tape in the cafeteria. Dude's got the backwards hat on, he's got the black shirt, the oversized jeans, the leather jacket. He's clearly holding up one gun that's clearly not a pistol, but certainly not a long gun either. So I'm pretty sure that was a fully automatic. I could be wrong about that. I should probably look that up. But aren't the majority, like, so there was also that guy in Walmart, uh, like, a year or two ago who walked in with an AR-15? Yeah. Am I I right? But that's not, but that's not full, like, that's not fully automatic. That's That's true. We have to make that distinction. You can, so you, you, in general, you can't buy a fully automatic weapon in America. You can buy, there's, there's a rule, I think if it's like, if it's made before 1972 or sometime around then and you get a license and you go through this whole thing and you pay a couple thousand dollars, you can get like a, like a, basically like an antique, you know, you can get the old, the old Thompson's from World War II and you can get the, the but, G42s and, right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we've talked about it before, like fully, I mean, fully automatic wouldn't, they're not useful anyway. Like it's not a, it's not a big deal to me. Like it's. It, it's a good way to waste a bunch of bullets and not be accurate. Yeah, anyone who's shot a gun, who shot a fully automatic, knows you're like, you're like I'm not hitting shit with this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got so, kind of triggered. I mean, even, the, like, there's a reason soldiers don't use fully automatic when they shoot. Like, the only time military uses 
um, like full auto is for suppression purposes. And that's in a very specific, like, you know, in a case where you have a belt fed machine gun and you have to have training and it takes two guys to handle it. And it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Most, most people like for, for the purposes, you know, that people really want assault weapons for, which is like in the event of any kind of like unrest, I don't, I don't want necessarily something to like, to like go to war with. It's just, it's like a deterrent. Like, like it's it's almost ironically like going to prevent an escalation to violence. That's true, but I think there's also probably some merit to the fact where it's like, well, if he's gonna have a gun, I gotta have a better gun. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna be caught out here with the smaller gun. No, for sure. But like, if, but like if, but like if a magical theory. But like if a, but like if a rock your mind. But like if a cop, if a, you know, if a, if if a cop knows that you're unarmed, then they can kick in your door and they can fuck you over and they can do whatever they want to you because you're unarmed. If, if a cop knows you have an assault rifle, that doesn't mean they're going to bust down your door and get into a gunfight with you. It means they're really going to think about it. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's where I think, like, the, the whole, like, armed population that people get upset about, they're like, well, are you, are you preparing for a civil war? Is that what you're doing? It's like, no. It's like, it's, it's so that never happens. Mm-hmm. It's so, like, the, you know, a, a, like a tyrannical government is never going to think about, like, like bullying people like you see, you know, like you see in other countries just because... Like, we have the means to protect ourselves. Right, which is the whole point of the Second Amendment. Right. Yeah, which is like, I'm, we're doing this so that we never, you know, we never have to get us. It's, it's kind of like, it's kind of similar to like, um, like when China got nukes in the 60s. The American, like, Kennedy freaked the fuck out and everybody was like, well, now, like, eventually we're going to nuclear war with China. And that was like the position that, like, the American foreign policy took was like, well, now that China has nukes, a war with them is inevitable and the opposite ended up being true because so many governments have nuclear weapons now like conventional war is almost unthinkable because of the risk it would take we're never going to go to war like it's it's very unlikely that we ever go to war with china because i mean because our economies are tied together but also because of the threat of nuclear war and i think it on a much smaller scale i think that's that's kind of where i see like assault rifle assault rifles and like guns as far as uh, for defense purposes What's your magical theory? Oh, y'all want to know a magical theory? Yeah, I want to, yeah. You I want to... Your mind's blown. I want to hear it. Ready? Are you ready? Uh-huh. You, you've, you've braced yourself. You, uh-huh. You've, you've built it up too much. Get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Oof, gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't got to prepare for anything anymore. Well, I mean, it's that's it, certainly worked out well in the drug war. It's a take. It's a t- you can't compare it to the drug war. Drug war is different. What you should compare it to is what so. other countries have done with guns. New Zealand had a mass shooting. They confiscated all guns. There are no more mass shootings. Canada had a mass shooting recently. They declared, I don't think all guns illegal, but they started, to de- they like put out legislature to declare certain guns illegal, and now they're not having that issue anymore. So if you compare gun laws in our country to like gun laws in other countries, you can make an accurate comparison versus comparing gun laws to drug laws, which are two different now, sectors. I would, I would well, disagree because if someone wants something, they're going to get it whether it's criminal or not. Yeah, if not you, if you enforce it enough. If you can imagine... But that's what they've said with the drug war. Yeah, I mean, come on, They're man. still fighting that shit. Reagan, like Nancy Reagan, was really the person who started the drug war. Like, that was her thing. Well, Nixon, before her. Nixon started the drug war? Yeah. Nixon, Nixon's actually really interesting because um, there's, the, there's the whole quote with his... Um, it wasn't called... Secretary of State. It was it was his like, it's like the Secretary of like Domestic Affairs. Basically, came out and said the reason we started the drug war um, was because if you, hold up, 
and all the dots lead into a dang. Alright, so seven. Alright, three, two, one. Yeah, um, yeah, they came out and said basically Nixon's two, I'm, I'm paraphrasing everything he said, but he said Nixon's big opposition when he was doing his whole, his whole political strategy was the, the anti-war protesters and the civil rights protesters. And most of those, you know, there were, it was a lot of minorities in both of those groups and like hippies. He said, well, you, you can't make it illegal to protest the war and you can't make it illegal to protest for civil rights, but you can't, what you can do is you can, you can paint hippies as dope, you know, as dope smokers right. and you can, you know, and you can, cocaine was used pretty heavily in, in the black community. And so if you outlaw those drugs, now you can kick in their door and you can arrest their leaders and you can paint them as, you know, crime lords basically. And that's pretty much reverberated down. Reagan had the whole, you know, the welfare queen and it's, it's kind of evolved like drug wars, racist as shit. It's, it's, right, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so that, that's another issue with the drug war, which is why I don't think it's really comparable. Because what the drug war came down to was incarcerating certain minority groups. Like, it was racist in its origins versus what we're seeing with guns and, like, the proposal to eliminate guns in our country is something you should compare to what other countries are doing with guns because that's a direct correlation. But it's not. Because there's so like a constitution built into where you can't right. have guns. What you and like it was literally the second thing that we came up with. But you cannot, like, oh, yeah, you can't, you can't amend. Um, but there are there are other there are other. I mean, you can. There are other countries with strong gun like gun cultures. Switzerland and, and like the Czech Republic come to mind. Like Czech Republic and Czech Republic is like a big uh, gun manufacturing company or country, and they have. I mean, more strict laws than us, but like you can you can carry like assault you know sight rifles and. And Switzerland is obviously like the thing conservatives point to is like the the gun mecca, you know, where every you know the everybody gets an assault rifle or whatever. Um, but it's it's obviously different. Those are much smaller countries. But I mean, America is different too. We have a ridiculous amount of guns that you cannot hope to ever get out of this country. Like they're they're not going anywhere. And if if you if you take that whole market and you push that underground like you did with drugs. Like it's it it would be a a nightmare. Cause so you, so what is a viable solution? Because you said just eliminating assault rifles wouldn't work, and you're telling me now that eliminating all guns wouldn't work. So what is a viable solution? Because there is the like you didn't want to talk about statistics, but we do have as many mass shootings as we do days per year. Mm-hmm. You know, so how ha- how do we control that? How do we minimize that? Because like you said, one is too many. We can't have we have fucking kids dying in schools. Yeah. Well, we don't mass a mass shooting is classified as anything where like more than one person is involved sure so like any any gang shooting is gonna be called like classified as like a mass shooting which it is right um but we're not i mean we have we have more firearms incidents but we're not more violent than other countries we don't we don't have more violent crimes we don't have more murders than other countries like it's just it's just different you know and we and we have do you think we would have as many murder as as much um violent crimes if we were to find like a compromise on what you limited guns i mean yeah i mean germany you can't you can't leave the house without a without a with a folding knife that you can open with one hand because they got rid of guns and people started using knives and they banned knives like it were there as was there as much violence with knives as there was with guns I mean, a, a similar level i would i would assume it dipped a little bit but for the for the level we're talking about here which is confiscating millions and millions like hundreds of, hundreds of millions hundreds of millions of guns 
Um, I don't. It's just simply a feat that can't happen. Well, yeah, like it's it's literally impossible, but also like it. So even if so, you what's could, a what's a solution? Here's my proposed solution. I, I to to eliminate mass shootings. I mean, if you if you took a kid, like the 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 last one that got a lot of news attention, eighteen year old kid, who's obviously got a lot of mental issues and who's fucked up enough in the head and who's neglected enough that he's willing to go and kill as many people as possible before he gets killed and you take the gun out of his hand you're still left with this kid who's fucked in the head and who's willing to do that like it's you're you're taking away his tool but you're not you're not curing that disease okay um i mean i i I, dude I, i really do think if we if we i mean if we stop going to war all the fucking time. I mean, we've been at war for like. You think the culture would change a little bit? Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, yeah, I think that definitely does help. But for me, I would, I would say that probably more value on mental health would solve more things than not yeah. in this country. But especially with guns, because shooting as many people as you can before you get killed, like you were talking about, is not a sane idea really right in society we've kind of deemed that to be a crazy action to do however when you get back into your own like feedback loop and your own echo chamber all you're hearing is your own voice inside your own head telling you how much you want to do this suddenly it becomes an obsession and if even one person even one person kind of picks up on that they're like so how, how do you feel about like your classmates like how are they treating you and they come back with some pretty strong rhetoric you can be like, okay, this kid needs to be watched and we need to talk to this kid more because he's kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, he's on notice now. Like, we've noticed that this kid is a little bit a little bit off. So if you just start talking to kids more about their mental health, but, like, truly, we might be able to fix, like, school shootings. Now, in terms of, like, mass shootings, like we're talking about over here, gang violence is going to be up there with mass shootings because if any more than one person dies, you know, it's going to be chalked up to a mass shooting. So I think probably breaking down statistics to actually figure out what we're talking about when we're talking about gun violence will probably help. But also mental health more than anything, because I also don't think enough Americans know what it would be like to actually kill someone. Right. And all we do is just, we play call of duty. We play all these games where it's like, you're the best. If you can kill like the most people, it desensitizes you. You're seeing all the action movies where people are just holding. Like, I remember like everyone remember the expendables, how many bullets were fired in those two movies alone and how every action star you've ever seen were in those movies. And they're killing like droves of people just outright. And you're like, man, how great would it feel to do that to all these bitch-ass classmates I got that won't stop bullying me about my fucking trench coat, you know, shit like that. (laughs) You know, it's stuff like that. And then you also have the PTSD veteran who goes off his rocker one day and starts doing shit that he learned back into the military because that's how he was learned to do because he was over there for three or four tours. But it's, and it's not even, it's not even the veteran. It's just like, it's the amount, it's the, the the prestige and the like the glorification that we put on military and military service i think um is i mean it's just it's different in america than it is for any other country mm-hmm. um and it's it's fetishized it's yeah it's they're fetishized heroes. yeah they're looked at as heroes right um which rightfully so, they kind of should be i mean yeah, yeah no for sure but, but no more guns maybe um we've i mean they they knew they knew like the the parkland shooter like they they knew something was wrong with them so like 
like I'm not I'm not a child psychologist and like I don't think there's an easy answer but something I think um a, a very com- common conversation I have with people is just like the loss of community in America and how there's no like you don't know your neighbors anymore there's no like people around you and I think especially for males like the way males make friends um it's very easy to feel left behind especially when you're young and it's very easy to feel isolated um kids play a lot more video games these days so then you're not they're not you're not physically meeting as much and so if you imagine if you're you know if you're the kid who's kind of on the outside it's it's maybe easier to to kind of get left behind a little bit more um and maybe that maybe it fosters that kind of thinking where it's like well well nobody likes me we'll we'll fuck everybody then and i'm you know and you you just kind of become a recluse a little bit more um how do you solve that i mean i yeah. We're not we're not going to solve that at this table, you know. Yeah, there's also the factor of when you get on social media, you're hiding behind a screen, so you can kind of say whatever the fuck you want. So that leads to a lot of people just being like nasty for no reason, and it can drive other people to the point of violence if they intake it too much. And then the first time we meet outside of the screen, well, you know, if we're like in school or we're in the office or a church, or a Walmart, or stuff like this, and I've just been feeding myself everything that these people have been telling me, and I'm hearing all the things that are saying, look how easy it is to get these guns. Look how easy. Yeah. so cheap. You know, stuff like that. Now it's the first time that we're going to be able to resolve any sort of conflict. It's immediately fatal. You know? There's a, there's a di- like you've been saying, there's a divide between communication of people, and it can get to the point where you are now violent on one side and the other side doesn't even really know what's happening to you because they don't really put that much effort and thought into what they say or what they do and now this one screwed up kid or one screwed up person whoever they may be may be put to the point of violence because there is no communication between them there's certainly no mental health communication about them so it's just it's a hard problem to fix with the culture that we've kind of built up already yeah i think in my mind you yeah. still need to fix it. You yeah. still do need to fix it, but I think... I think, yeah. I think, going, after, I think going after guns would be a, a feel-good measure that would, that would ultimately cause a lot more... I think it would cause more harm than it would so good. So you, you guys view guns as the tool, but not the cause of the issue, I which, would, I, which I, I think say. is like very fair. Like that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, in my mind, it's like, well, what, what is the purpose of a gun? The purpose of a gun is to kill. What, whatever it is going to kill that is the purpose of a gun so taking that tool away is like that that's why i think that's a step in the right direction because like you you don't buy a gun unless you are going to use it to kill and like that doesn't mean like you're only going to use it in a self-defense situation which is the majority of gun users like they buy it like you said to like prepare for a situation like that but how many people are buying guns to prepare for a situation like that the more people that have guns the more guns are going to be used so when it when a gun's sole purpose is to be used to kill, yes, that is the tool, and it's not the cause. You're right. We need to look at the cause more, and that cause very much is probably mental health. You know, maybe we have to allocate more money federally towards mental health, and that that can cause a lot of issues. Um, but I I I definitely think the conversation about the tool is necessary. I think that's one we need to continue to have. I think it's. I think that's. I think that's very fair. I think, definitely. Um, guns are very like glamorized and I think that's kind of scary like you you should not just go out and casually like I'm I've I've obviously grown up around 
grown up around guns, like handle guns at a very young age, and like I'm terrified of those things. Yeah, like I mean, you should be like if you you're should, on the wrong end of that. Yeah, like I've I'm it's over. Like I know, like if you if you gave me a gun, like you could feel confident that like I would know how to handle it properly. Absolutely. But like most people don't. And I don't know, people like I don't know, people are well, very thirty three percent of the people at this table don't know how to handle a gun. Yeah. You know, what one out of three people and we're living in Georgia. You go up to you know, not you you go up to other regions of the country and it's gonna be the other way around. Maybe it's one out of every three or four people know how to use a gun instead of right. One out of three that don't know how to use a gun. So Yeah, I mean may, I, maybe more education too about guns. You know, maybe that's something they should teach in schools. Like, hey, this is what a gun is. This is the purpose of a gun. Yeah. You know, use it if you don't have one. It should be for self-defense. It could be for hunting, you know, whatever. It's not to be used on another human unless in a, like, last effort ditch situation. Right. Yeah, but, you know, we see people just reject education all the time with what they're taught. So I don't think exactly telling them hey, you shouldn't kill people with this is naturally going to, like, lower the statistic a significant amount that they shouldn't kill people. Like, most people know you shouldn't kill other people, gun or not. We're trying to find a feel-good middle ground every time we agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I would actually like to find, like, a real middle ground because, like, well, okay. like you said, we're, we're, it's America. We're not going to get rid of guns. So if, like, there's a viable solution out there, we should still try and find that. Yeah. I, th- I think the solution lies not in the gun i don't even really know if talking about the tool like you said is really even that helpful should we have assault rifles probably not but other than that i'm not really sure if talking about the tools is necessarily what we need to do because i'm going to bring up a very classic example of a deadly killing that involved zero guns and that was the boston marathon yeah. It was literally just a couple of crock, uh, not crockpots, but like pressure cookers filled up with like silverware, whatever other metal objects you could find, set it on high, leave it in a backpack, drop it in a bunch of crowded people. Yeah. If you start taking away guns in that situation, like Daniel was talking about in Germany, they start having a lot more knife violence. Well, in the United States, who's to say we don't have a whole lot more bomb violence? Right. Uh, knife violence. People start hitting even more people with their cars because that's the easiest way to take out even more people. Sure. I, w- I was just speaking more to the facts. Like, it would be a good thing overall to educate educate people more about guns. Just so like 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 you've even told me like everybody should know how to use a gun. That's like an important thing to know. Right. Like regardless of whether we're gonna get rid of guns or like increase the amount of guns we have, like everybody should know how to use one. That's true. Regardless, like, we should be educated about guns. But we are specifically concerned about mass killings, mass shootings, that sort of thing. I'm saying we need to focus more on mental health and taking care of these people who might do these things. Because if we take away one tool, it's not like they don't have others that they will just use instead that could be even more horrific or more deadly. It's like, you know, if you're on a construction site and you needed a hammer and a nail, but you don't have your hammer but there's a spare brick lying around fuck that'll do the job yeah right it's not going to do the job as well you could fuck up some things with it but at least i can get this job like my goal done you know what i'm saying so it's like talking about the tool i don't think is necessarily as helpful as talking about the underlying causes of it and now i probably sound like very nra of me right now but to me in my mind it's just the gun can be swapped out for anything but it's the easiest to use, so that's what's the most widely used. 
However, it's not like you turn 16, you can't get a driver's license and daddy can't buy you a giant truck or Hummer, you baby. go, you go to Walmart and you buy Have electric Hummer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's go. <laughs> you buy an instant pot at Walmart for what? 60 bucks. And then you go to your dad's hardware like bench and you just start shoving all the metal things that you can find you inside of it. You're an instant pot, bro. That's what happened in the Boston Marathon. That's such, yeah. a, that's such a poor use of an instant pot. They're <laughs> so great for cooking. Oh, my God. That's, I a, still, that's we, a shame. You've said you want to go shooting at some point, too, right? I want to learn how to use a gun. Because, like I said, I think that's important. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll talk about it. Cause I'm, it's, it's also crazy how easy they are. Like, that's like yeah. what I was saying, that it's the easiest tool to use. Once you learn how to use a gun... And you, there's like, okay, Daniel, you can kind of back me up on this. What's the number one rule of gun safety? I bet we can both probably say it at the same time. The never point a gun at something you don't intend to kill. Exactly. Or destroy. Number two, always treat a rifle like it's... Loaded. Loaded. Every, every gun's loaded. You hand someone a gun that's... Loaded. No, like you always hand someone a gun that's not loaded. You yeah. always have the chamber open, right? You always, you always present it to them with the idea that they can clearly see this thing's not going to fire because there's nothing in it. Like, the, the chamber is racked. Yeah. You know, like, anyone who knows anything about guns kind of live and die by, like, those three rules, right? Yeah, that's so what I'm saying. Think, Most people don't know about guns, so, like, that would be a good thing to educate people about. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, it, that took me all of, like, what, 45 seconds to do? You have them in the gun range maybe once, maybe twice, and then well, they but it, it down. Well, it takes, but it takes time, though, just, like, because when you're just, like, holding it, you have to, like, you, there's always a part of your mind that's thinking about, like, okay, where is this thing pointed? And I've always got to, like, I've always got to maneuver it in a certain way. Um, and that, that takes time. Because yeah. people will, like, forget about it. It's like, hey, motherfucker, you just muzzle swept me. Like, right. we got a problem. Like, don't, don't do that. I like how spent the first half of the podcast like oh yeah i'm, I'm not a conservative i'm reformed then we just went, in, <laughs> just went in on the most Fucking guns baby on the most conservative like the stereotypical conservative talking point no but I, I think that's what makes you a libertarian yeah probably but that's you know, because you, you draw from different areas that is literally the only thing i agree like probably the only thing i agree with republicans on Which and it's fine, the only yeah. thing that makes it like a, it and that alone makes it like a close race a lot of times where it's just like okay, house like how well if, how if you're psycho- not a Republican, if you're anywhere on the other side, it's like fuck guns, you know. So like that's right. gonna draw you back so that's, every time. That's why all right, well, how how crazy is this? Per- you know, you're doing the math. Like all right, like if I vote for this person, like and the Senate stays red, like how are they? You know. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people who are probably in line with that. That's what well. I'm. That's what I'm saying. If like if if it's Kamala, you know, Kamala Harris and uh, Joe Biden to a lesser extent, but if they would just be like, hey. Just calm the fuck down on guns a little bit. Like you're not winning any voters on your side. Your sure. your base is gonna vote for you no matter what. But you're maybe you're maybe t- turning some like soft line Republicans, you know, right leaning guys who would vote left away because they're like, hey, just just don't take away my my rifle. Like it, it sits in my my gun safe for thirty years. Just just don't take it away. Like yeah, I think I think Democrats kind of have the same problem that Republicans have, um, but for different issues. I think. Democrats kind of have to be anti-gun because that's like their thing that will lean some people in the middle to their side while Republicans have abortion. And I think yeah. I think those two issues will probably lead a lot of people in the center one way or the other how they feel about these topics. And it's because you already have this unspoken, you're going to come over here because we feel this way about this one thing that you feel very strongly about. They can't really get rid of it. Well, ab- abortion did its job because evangelicals now vote Republican 
hundred percent of the time. Right. Yeah. I mean, they don't care. I mean, they're they're never gonna pass anything. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think they're they're never gonna pass anything. But they'll they'll always say, like, oh yeah, we're gonna yeah we're gonna pass abortion laws, and they'll okay, and they'll vote for them. They've done it for like seventy years. Well, I mean, we did get the heartbeat bill here in Georgia. Like yeah, that, this year, it got that, sh- that got shut down. It got shut down. So I'm saying, like, it's it's Alabama n- has it though. Yeah, it's, it's never it's never going to go anywhere. But you know, Alabama. Alabama's a fucking third world country though. So. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Is Alabama a third world country more than Mississippi though? Oh, absolutely. Mississippi. I've never been there. Right, right. Hot, hot take. Hot take. Hot take. So like, end, end the podcast. What is like the worst state in America? Every uh, everybody give their opinions. Danny, you go first. I, mm, I'm pretty sure there's a kid who got in Louisiana who got caught for selling like I think it was like a gram of weed, or oh my God. for like his for like his mom, and he got put away for life. What? Like <laughs> which state is this? Louisiana. This is Louisiana. He's still in there, and they're they're like a gram of weed. There are guys in Oregon, and they're like college educated kids in Oregon making oh, dude we. Fuck the drug war, dude. That's fuck. fucking ridiculous. Yeah, Louisiana. Yeah, Louisiana or Mississippi, the same state basically. It's it's it's, it's, it's bad over there, man. All right, what uh, you got, Des? Uh, give me some time because there's a couple of states on my hit list, bro. Like, I gotta. Uh, gotta I just fucking hate New Jersey. <laughs> but like any good New Yorker, that's fucking, New York. Fucking hates New that's Jersey. New York is fuck. Fuck your roads, New Jersey. <laughs> fuck your highways. Get it together. <laughs> also, Jersey Shore fucking blows, but that's another topic. Okay. What you got, Des? I don't think I can narrow it down to just one because I have a lot of hate in my heart for a couple oh of states. Oh, my God, Jesus. <laughs> so I'm going to give my top three real quick. A strong contender for number one has to be Florida. <laughs> it has to be Florida. They're all... This is coming from a guy whose parents are moving to Florida, by the way. Yeah. It fucking just, sucks. But don't... Let's not get it twisted. My rich-ass parents are going to Florida, I guarantee you, because it's a no-income tax state. I mean, yeah. Let's make, get, makes sense. Let's, America's, get, let's get real. It's America's retirement home, sense. for sure. That yeah. whole panhandle. Boca Raton, baby. Yeah, and, like, Florida's just crazy, and, like, the panhandle is just full of white trash because it underlines Alabama and Mississippi. I think that's where white trash came from. Probably. The panhandle. That, that little ass-crack of America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what else? Number two on the list, probably North Dakota. Why? Because in my mind, it's all just hillbillies up there, and they don't even have Mount Rushmore. So have you, have you, have you been? Have you been to the Black Hills? No, it's it's stunning, dude. I haven't. But it's, I don't you know anybody from North Dakota? I don't ever well, that that is like it's so out of pocket. Wait, no, no, no reason. The last time you heard about North Dakota for anything. oil, the I mean, oil, but the like, oil. But like you don't have to hear about some place to like not like it. It's garbage. It's it's actually Nothing it's actually really beautiful. Yeah, it like is. I have family that lives in Montana, and I'm I'm gonna go ahead and make the assumption that Mo- North Dakota is similar to Montana, and Montana is fucking so gorgeous. So why wouldn't you go to Montana instead? Why you got no? You can, but like, there's no reason to hate North Dakota. I know. What's number three? What's number three? Number three has to be. Let me think about this. There's two spots for number three. What are the two? The two spots for number three have to be Virginia and Nevada. Hmm. Virginia blows. It's weird state. Completely blows. Really? I, I hate that state with such a passion. I will say Virginia say- has the worst, the worst, like, um, driving 
legalities in the world, if you drive above 80 in Virginia, even if you're going in a 70 speed limit zone on like the highway, it's automatically a misdemeanor. Which is fucking ridiculous. My girlfriend was driving 84 and 70, got pulled over. She was going 14 over. Was everybody else going over 14 over? Fucking yes. But she was going 84 and 70. Like, you go going 14 over, you get a ticket. You pay it. She got a misdemeanor for going over 80. That's probation, isn't it? Yeah, she, she was able to get a lawyer and um, get, get the ticket taken down because she has a pretty clean driving history. But oh, anybody man. that doesn't have a clean driving history, just just getting do not drive off. over 80 in Virginia. You, you might get caught, and if you do, you'd get, get in a misdemeanor. Like, yeah. that, that yeah. is god-awful. I also took a business trip to Norfolk for, like, a week, and that whole city just blows. The entire city. I mean, it's all just, like, Navy vessels out there. Everybody's wearing their Navy uniforms, and there's nothing against that, but there's always a certain culture that you get in, like... Military sounds I'm, suck dick, dude. Well, Nor- Norfolk isn't the only city in Virginia. It's probably... <laughs> Richmond's the biggest city in Virginia, and then Virginia also... D.C. isn't a Virginia city, but... It's Virginia. It, it is Virginia. Like, it is Virginia, and D.C. is fucking amazing. You know, and R- Richmond in itself is also very cool. I've never... I've they, never they've got some good stuff going there. Why are you eating Nevada? Well, because Nevada's got Las Vegas and nothing else. The rest of the Vegas, rest but Vegas, Vegas is better. Than, Vegas is better than they've like a third Reno. of U.S. I mean, states. They've got Reno. To me, they've got Vegas Reno. is like an island unto itself, basically. An in oasis the of in the desert. They get water piped in. Everybody it seems like everything's fucking legal out there. Like you can do basically whatever you want. It's like an own, Sin City, it's like baby. your own island that you can kind of just live and die on right there. Step 10 feet outside of the city limits of Las Vegas. It's all desert. There's nothing out there. Nothing's living. I mean, there's that's that's just there. the... There's nothing Nevada can do about that. That's just the so it's geographical garbage. climate. So it's garbage. No, I mean, I'm it's, not saying it's their fault, but it's New garbage. Mexico there's, and Arizona. Well, New Mexico's, New Mexico's beautiful, though. New Mexico, that's what I'm saying. Like, they don't have the Grand Canyon. Beautiful. Like, there's a bunch Nevada's New Mexico. pretty, too, isn't it? I've never been to Nevada. I've never Nevada. either. I want to go to Las Vegas, though. Yeah, you cannot discard Las Vegas. Well, we're uh, we're al- we're alienating your uh, your your growing base here, Max. We're just gonna name off all the states. And just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck this state, <laughs> fuck this state. I've never been here, but basically, fuck that place. there's New York, and then there's everybody else. <laughs> all right. So the thing about Colorado now, yeah, but like to me, in my mind, Nevada just blows. It's not their fault, but they do. Mm. You know, like we'll call it how it is. You got Las Vegas. No one's ever like, hey, I'm gonna take a. They're going to take a weekend trip out to Nevada. And people are like, oh, Vegas? No one's ever been like, no. Fucking Reno, baby. <laughs> yeah, Reno is the other, the other city. All right, to all, to all our viewers out there, we love you all, no matter where you're from. If you're from New Jersey, I have a little bit of beef with you. Not going to lie, but we, we can talk that one out. You can come on the podcast. We, we can hammer that out. Um, obviously, this is all love. We're just having a good laugh. Do any of you all have any closing remarks you want to get in? Yeah, you know, I'll go off of your point of, like, Love to all people, North Dakota. That don't mean you, bro. <laughs> Stop <laughs> you it. You live dude. in North Dakota, bro. Fuck you. They're definitely just like doing their thing, they're living their life. Name their thing, though. Just like being a North Dakotan, dude. Like being well, a Georgian is it then? Just name what a North Dakotan is. I don't know. About. Living in a fucking cabin. Like I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what people in North Dakota do. I've been in there, but I'm gonna assume they're like decent people. Like. I haven't been there. I haven't met somebody from North Dakota, so I'm not just going to assume that they're a bad... I'm not saying they're not decent people, but, like, you live in North Dakota. All right, well... <laughs> shit, that, man. Danny, you got any closing thoughts? Uh, yeah. Uh, 
go outside, talk to people, get, learn, get to know each other, a little empath- bit better. empathize, yes, always, always, do. always find, uh, always, always find where you, where you can, where, where, where their views, I don't, I gotta find where you can make ground, not even make ground, just like look at their perspective and see how it's, how it could be yours, if that makes sense. Yeah, put like, yourself kinda, in their shoes. Yeah, that's the, I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and we're not talking one way or the other. We're talking everybody. Absolutely. Everybody figure it out and come together a little bit. Well, I think I maybe this is – I feel like there are less right answers, especially in politics, than, like, you'd like to think, you know? Mm-hmm. Every, everybody's got a perspective and, like, different, different, like, political positions play different roles in society. Yeah. Like, there's – like conservatives play a very important role in politics as do liberal you know as do like liberals and like socialists and individualists like everybody plays a role so like everybody's important you don't you're not supposed to agree mm-hmm. um the, the whole point of politics and like our freedom of speech is to find common ground yeah exactly so find it you know actively just try and compromise if it is something that can have a compromise and you know that that's how we move forward as people absolutely yeah all right well thank you for being our degenerate of the day it's a pleasure daniel martin everybody you slammed the table bro i'm just kidding um i'm sure you'll be on again and thank you for coming on yeah man all right brother all right